You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. What is up, everybody? Welcome to a special bonus episode of the First in 10 podcast. You're hearing us right. Don't change your dial. This is the second time in two days. It is Tony Catalina and Aiden Davis. No Sturch again. Sturch has been busy, man. You know, when you're conquering the world and taking over the sports industry with Chop Sports, you, you get a little busy here and there. So uh, it's Tony and Aiden again. Aiden, how are you doing, my friend? Like I said yesterday, man, these cuts these roster cuts are coming and Sturch just isn't around the building for this time of year from now <laughs> you know is Sturch getting uh is he getting the tap on the shoulder from the turk saying uh bring your playbook <laughs> the coach wants to see you so. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get a report yesterday sources close to Sturch confirm he has been cut yeah you know and that's the thing man that's the that's the scariest part about right now is you definitely don't want to go talk to the coach and uh nah but Dave is Dave is good to go Sturch is good and I know Sturch is a fan favorite um, you know, Sturch, Sturch has a nice following. I think people like his passion. I think uh, I think we make a hell of a trio, the three amigos. So uh, it's it's always, you know, we keep a truck going when Sturch isn't here, but uh, it's always better when he is. But um, Aiden, man, how you been? It's been about 24 hours, maybe less than that since the last time we get on here. How's everything going? Everything's been good, man. I don't know what it was about last night, but after we finished recording last night, I that's when I started getting in the mindset of, man, football is so close. I can taste it. Oh, man, I can't wait. And you're not to, again, we talked about Texas football and college football as a whole the last time to open up. But this time I got a little gripe. Uh, it's mostly with my friends. I don't think any of my buddies even listen to my podcast. So I'm going to talk a little BS about them right now. You know how hard it is to be a commissioner of a fantasy football league. This is the 12th year, and I'm still trying to figure out when are we going to draft these guys trying to get these 10 people in a room together is so hard, man. It so I like in general, I like being commissioner because what I found is that there's a good amount of people who just can't handle that responsibility. But at the same time, it takes a lot of coordination for everybody who's on the fence about it. I'd recommend sitting back and letting the normal commissioner do their thing because it's a lot of work. Now, let me ask you, are you guys, uh, you guys do the board? Do you do it online? Do you do both? What, what's your draft day look like? So me and my high school friends, we still keep up with our draft. We used to do the board. The only issue is, is if you're doing the board, you need com- 100% commitment for, mm-hmm. from everybody that everybody's going to show up. And then also the issue is, is you start getting the people who don't really pay attention to football and the board right. just confuses them because the names are in alphabetical order <laughs> and they can't see who's up next to be drafted. So I've yeah. tried it, but it, most people prefer online. Yeah, we, we did. Um, we've done draft board pretty much majority of our time here. Like I said, this is like my 12th year with the same group of guys. Um and I love the board, but you're right. We went to online last last year and we were together when we did it. But the online was like an hour and 15 minutes. It was like it became more about so drinking quick. and us chilling. Yeah. yeah, so it was 
But you know what? That was that was something. Speak, that, wait, oh, speaking ahead. of fantasy, which of the Cowboys options are you most into this year in fantasy? Who's which of the Man. Cowboys players most is most likely to end up on your team? So the first year I ever had him was last year, and I'm hoping to get him again. But I would love Dak Prescott. I, I think you know. I mean, maybe not this year compared to last year. I think he was a little more um, enticing last year. But even I know my group of friends. Maybe they're sandbagging me, but they're all like low on Ezekiel Elliott. And you already know this is the podcast of of hyping up Ezekiel Elliott. So maybe I'll get him in like the fifth or the sixth round. I, for as, if you've listened to the podcast, you know that I've kind of turned into the de facto Ezekiel Elliott hater on the show, apparently, mm-hmm. because I can't match you and Sturch's energy. With that <laughs> said, 99% of the drafts I'm in, I leave with Ezekiel Elliott because if he can be my second running back, yeah. he's the most consistent running back in the NFL. And it is an insane value if I can get him as my number two. For sure. And you had your draft, right? So who'd you end up with? What pick did you get? And who'd you take in the first round? I ended up with pick number five in the first round and Austin Eckler fell to five. Okay. So that All was right. a value. I don't think I ended up with any Cowboys players, actually. It was <laughs> a league with other Dallas guys. Zeke went too early for my taste. Sometimes that's for the better, right? I, I, you know, I hate my whole thing is, and I'll do it because I'm trying to win the league. I'm trying to win the, you know, the prize money. So I'll end up with more NFC East players than I want, but you know, I'll I'll make it work (laughs) if I have to, like one year, one year, my cousin took Ezekiel Elliott and I took Saquon Barkley and we're both disappointed. So I'm like, I guess it didn't matter. (laughs) We're both hurting here, but (laughs) so I digress. We'll kind of get into some Cowboys talk. You know, we could go on for fantasy all day, but um, we got some news. I mean, since we last spoke, there's been some things trickling out, some moves being made here. So let's kind of rehash what we had. So we're recording this on Monday night. Um, and you guys will get this Tuesday morning. Obviously, as you listen to this, it'll be Tuesday morning. So let's kind of rehash what we've had here. This is obviously just reported, but from people that we trust, um, the Dallas Cowboys have weighed, waived defensive end Markavius Bryant. That's via Dallas Morning News, allegedly, or we'll see. Big, as most people know, I'm Big Cat Bryant. Yeah, Big in Cat case, Bryant. In case you yeah, were confused about that. Exactly. Marta- yeah. Yep, Markavius Big Cat Bryant as well as they waived uh, offensive tackle Amon Simon, offensive center, offensive lineman James Empey. Uh, they, uh, this one was some fan people. People like this one. It was uh, TJ Basher also got waived. So that's a move that they're talking about. And then Lanucci, Ben Danucci got waived. Now, before we kind of go any further here with some of these, do you think that the end of Ben Danucci is upon us or do you think he slips in the practice squad here? Man. That's so difficult to tell because if I had my preference and we talked about this yesterday, I do think Will Greer is not going to make the 53 man. So I don't really, I, there's no point in having two quarterbacks on your practice squad. I'd love if we could get Will Greer on the practice squad. That said, I, I think I just play the wait and see game because I would assume Will Greer ends up on an actual roster for a team who needs depth i.e the panthers now that sam darnold's injured for a little bit Good point so we'll we'll see i don't i don't think will Gerd make it to our practice squad but if he did that'd be my first choice at quarterback so that's my thing here i want to ask you a pivot question off of that is will greer one of those classic players that the cowboys fans and maybe us in the media think about are you know everybody wants our players. He's definitely going to be gone. Like I know a lot of people feel about that way about Malik Davis and I'm one of them. I think Malik Davis is going to get snatched up, but there are guys every year. We're like, there's no way he's going to be there. And then they end up on the practice squad. Is Will Gray one of those guys? Hmm. 
I think if Ben Denucci, obviously we've seen is he's going to clear waivers and he's going to end up on our practice squad. So I sure. would have Ben Denucci would be there. Wilger is so difficult. I think for the most part, I think it's just kind of shot in the dark when you're predicting this type of stuff. Some teams value certain players incredibly highly. With that said, I do think I'd put it at about a 50% chance that Gruard clear and make it to our practice squad because there are most teams have a competent backup they trust and they I don't think they'd make a move for Greer in that case. I think that's fair enough. I think um, ultimately, um, yeah, like Will Greer is one of those guys where, you know, it's it could go 50-50 for me. I think a lot of people here, I don't know if it's more so they're tired of Cooper Rush or if they really did see some good work out of Will Greer and they really want him to be the number two guy. But I think there's an opportunity that if Will Greer isn't here, he is going to end up somewhere somewhere else so we'll find out 4 p.m eastern on tuesday kind of what everybody gets shaked out and where that ends up and then it starts off what do you got yeah i was gonna say i don't know if you read this name out and the only place where i can find this is spotrack so i'm not sure what spotrack knows or if i'm just missing something on our website but i have seen that jeremy sprinkle's been released another yeah move that we've expected to happen but what i'll say is that I think the tight end battle, do you think, are you, how confident are you that we're going to keep four tight ends being Schultz, McEwen, um, Ferguson, and who, who am I missing now? Uh, Pendershot. Yeah. Hendershot. Hendershot, Yeah. Peyton Hendershot. So, yeah. So what I've been reading through the tea leaves this week, uh, today specifically, Michael Gelkin and some other reporters we're kind of quoting Stephen Jones. I don't know if it was a direct quote, if it was more so like paraphrasing, but it seemed by the way that Stephen Jones was speaking about Hendershot, he said that he's one of the guys that earned a shot to be here through the regular season. So I took that as Hendershot is going to be on this team. The question is, is that that at the sacrifice of Sean McCune or is that with Sean McCune? Because they've gone four tight ends before. And, you know, I think we've gotten better at the tight end position because Jeremy Sprinkle, I'm not, you know, no, no hard feelings. I'm just not a fan of his role here on this team. Um, I think Hendershot is more dynamic. I think the tight end position is deeper now. So I could see them going for, but ultimately I, it's going to be, what do they do with Sean? And at that point, so it's, it's a great question. I guess we'll get the answer to tomorrow officially. Yeah, I'd agree with you. I think almost anybody you ask would have Schultz and Ferguson locked into their rosters. I've seen reports. I've seen predictions where Hendershot doesn't make the roster McEwen does I've seen reports where McEwen doesn't make the roster Hendershot does and so that's I'm with you we'll see what happens here but I think that's I mean we're now at four tight ends on the depth chart so there's not a lot of ways this can shake out right and speaking of kind of um some roster things that we we kind of figured were going to happen but it's being reported by Mickey Spagnola that uh the Cowboys are expected to carry Michael Gallup and James Washington to start the 53 man roster to put them on the injured reserve, obviously, so they can have them come back. Um, the Michael Gallup situation, James Washington is separate. I don't think they're going to put Michael Gallup on injury reserve. I think they think they can get him back in the first month of the year, but the James Washington move is procedural to have him put on the injury reserve so they can get him back. What is it? Eight, nine weeks into the season at that point. So nothing too crazy on that. What's your initial thoughts in here on that? Yeah. My thought is that, and we'll keep an eye out for this, but the pup is also an option. And if mm. for if you're listening and you don't know, pup is only four weeks to start the season, and so it used to be six, and now it's four. It used so. to, yeah. So it got it got dropped down to four weeks now, which is a 
pretty powerful tool for teams. Like for a little bit, I think a decent amount of us thought that Gallup could start on the pup. Apparently he's not, which is actually a good sign for us. But I think Washington, it seems like the Washington situation is a good candidate for that pup spot. Do you disagree? I, I, I haven't heard disagree. much about his recovery. I still don't know. But when we heard it was supposed to be something around week five, week six return at the earliest, right? Yeah. And the, and the hardest part, I think about, we kind of all of our 53 man rosters have kind of trickled out and people, you know, you can catch it on YouTube, on the blog and the boys channel. We kind of did a deep dive into that. But the hardest part about all of this is trying to figure out how they're going to massage it. Right. I think there's a real possibility that they could cut the punter kicker and the long snapper just to make it work, just to bring them back. So, you know, I think people are going to be shocked by who gets cut at 4 PM on Tuesday, just to realize it's just a game of chess and they're trying to put pieces together. So, um, it's just so hard. I think you won't really know what it's going to look like until Wednesday or Thursday with this 53 Miros is really going to shake out too. And, and obviously they're in the trade market, right? So <laughs> we'll see my, so putting, I, we, we talked about this yesterday in terms of who we're going to cut. We discussed it today again to put somewhat of a bow on it. What's your, what would be one name that you think could be announced as a cut, a player who's cut that you most of us are not expecting what's that name for you that's a great because i think i have mine mm. and do you want me to start yeah go ahead i think i think carlos watkins is a guy that mm. i don't personally in, in my eyes i don't want to see him go but some reputable cowboys reporters are leaving him off their 53 man and that to me is pretty surprising just because of the history we have with Carlos Watkins. So I think if I were to give a name like that, it would be Carlos Watkins. Consider me one of those reputable guys. Cause I have Carlos yeah. off my 53 too. So <laughs> it wouldn't I, surprise me. I think it's just a numbers game at that position. We just have. So that's the thing we have. So in most other years for the Cowboys, obviously we've been a lot thinner at the defensive tackle position. He would have been a lock to make the roster, but man, I think if my thing is, is if we're going to see a surprising name, I think it's going to come on the defensive line somewhere a lot another name you could throw in there would be tristan hill man you stole my thunder right there because sorry like, no you're good no you're good <laughs> tristan hill is who i i think i think the ultimately everything we hear is he had a solid camp he showed out he's just not one of this staff's guys right so i think ultimately that's what's going to hurt him is they they brought in some guys that they really like um so i think tristan hill is a trade chip we talked about that yesterday i think tristan hill is a perfect trade piece for one of these you know, teams that could get us a tackle, can get us a wide receiver. I mean, other than that, I don't know what else we would be hammering for. Do you, can you think of any other positions other than tackle or wide receiver you'd really want to trade for? I Once again, we discussed it yesterday, but I do think there's a, I wouldn't call it tiny, but there is a small chance Semi Fahoko doesn't make the roster. And I think that that wouldn't necessarily be surprising, but I do think it would anger a good amount, like, Shout out to David Howman, who's been singing Fahoko's praises all offseason long. Guys like guys who have trusted Fahoko throughout since he was drafted by the Cowboys. I think that anger, but I don't think it would completely surprise anybody. I think only because of the way this wide receiver room is constructed, I would be considered surprised, right? If this like, was a, yeah. if it was a deep room and and it was looked like last year's room, if Cooper, Gallup, and CD were all there, it, yeah, so I could see Fahoko getting squeezed out. Now it's like, 
they, they can't be cutting traits. So I think it would be a slight surprise only because of that and him being a draft pick. But I don't know. I don't think I think it'd be more anger than surprise. I think yeah. you're right in that. But I, and I think the only way, once again, sorry, we're recording a day apart. We're bringing up a lot of stuff that we talked about yesterday. The only way that it happens would be Dennis Houston making the roster and then they decide mm-hmm. to go thin at the position. So yeah, not projecting it to happen, but it would be somewhat surprising. Right. And, and some uh, some more news that we didn't talk about yesterday because it just came out today on Monday. Um, it looks like uh, Tyron Smith, obviously, they we know how they're going to handle that situation, but that seems like it's getting more and more official. They're going to throw him on injured reserve with the hope of coming back December, you know, possibly the playoffs if the Cowboys get there. But the way they're handling Damone Clark, they're going to put him on a non-football injury list. So that is something that is being reported by the USA Today. Um, I think we all kind of – I think there's some people out there that think this is a red shirt year, but I don't think the Cowboys feel that. I think the Cowboys feel like they're going to put him on the non-injury football list because this injury didn't happen while he was an NFL football player. That's why they can use that designation for people that may be confused by that. But I think they think they can really get him midway through the season, at least practicing, right? Yeah, it, that's what it seems like. And what we've seen from NFL injuries over these, or what we've seen from injuries over the past few years in the NFL is that the timetables are shorter than you might expect. Like, for example, Cam Akers last year came off an Achilles tear, which running backs really don't recover from, and he did in like six months. So the injuries are the injury timelines are actually shortening, which is good to see. My only issue is that even if he is active and he is fully healthy, how much time is he really going to see behind a linebacking room that now has now after the bar signing, I'd say four linebackers that are solidly ahead of them. Mm-hmm. So we'll see. I'm not, I'm not, I don't know how this is going to shake out. I'd like to see him at some point this year, but I don't really know how feasible it is just to keep him around. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah. And I wonder, you know, I think like they said, they're going to put them in the back burner. It might be two months problem from now, three months problem from now. We'll see where they're at at the end of the season. I think they would love to kind of get him in and get his feet wet to see if he can contribute at least special teams at some point down the road. Um, He's another guy that was a really quality football player at LSU before the injury. So he's somebody that I'm super excited about the prospects of it. I think, I think if they can get anything from him this year, it'd be a win. Um, I like the way they're handling it, right? They're not going to close the door shut on a guy's possible development, but there is no real expectations for him to do anything. Uh, the expectation is just for him to continue to grow and get better and get healthier. And I think that the Cowboys are excited about the prospects. I mean, realistically, your guy, I don't want to label him your guy, but Leighton Van Dash on a one-year deal, if Damone Clark shows out and shows some promise, 
they may, maybe they think Leighton Van Der Esch isn't, you know, he's expendable. Then you look at a guy, Luke Gifford, if he is on the 53-man roster this year, he's somebody they can easily move on from. And then now you got guys like Devin Harper, you got guys like Damone Clark. Anthony Barr isn't going to be here either unless he balls out and they sign him to an extension. But, you know, the linebacker room could look a lot different next year. Yeah, that's outside of Micah Parsons. We could have, uh, I guess, Jabril Cox and the younger players. But right. a lot of the linebacker snaps are not, are going to be up for grab next year if it shakes out the way that I think most of us are expecting. I think at the top of their, you know, not expectations, but the top of the promise and the hope of these guys, I think it could be a really scary room when it's Micah, Jabril Cox, and the Damone Clark, if they're all healthy and, you know, playing at the top of the game. That's a speedy, fast, hard-hitting bunch of linebackers. You know, and it, just thinking about it, because I got you know, sugar plums dance in my head with it, but Michael <laughs> Parsons wrestling the pass there with Damone Clark and Jabril Cox, the LSU guys kind of doing their thing in the back end. So, you know, that's maybe we're getting ahead of ourselves there, but the way they're handling Damone Clark this offseason or going into this season feels pretty good for his prospects. But it's it's worthy of noting it and just kind of touching base on that. So as far as that goes, that's some of the most per- pertinent like roster moves. Obviously, if anything goes on while we're recording here, we're, we'll let you guys know and try to be the first one to cover that. But uh, but that's all the moves that kind of happened so far um, on Monday. And again, as you said, as you're listening, this will be Tuesday morning, which will be the day of the deadline. Um, but one thing that almost happened that didn't happen, <laughs> there was a report <laughs> from Aaron Wilson from Pro Football Network. He reported the Cowboys are attempting to trade for a New York Jets offensive tackle, Chuma Idoga, per a league source. And then redacted that 35 minutes later or so and said it was not going to happen. So in those 35 minutes, did you get your hope up? Were you happy with that? Were you displeased with that? What was your initial thoughts in that in that roller coaster of a moment? I'm like I I'd like to think of myself as a knowledgeable NFL fan in general. I don't have a great grasp on how good every offensive lineman is, but my barometer is generally. Have I heard of them? Because if they're a starting offensive lineman, chances are I've heard of them. The fact that I had never even heard this name, and I know he's a third round pick, so I don't, I didn't hear about him during the draft process. I haven't heard about him since he came to New York. And I started digging into his stats. And I, when the report came out that the Cowboys aren't actually interested in him, I was not disappointed whatsoever. How about his, how I assume you reacted the same way? Yeah, I agreed. Like, listen, I, I, I'm I'm excited for the possible move that they were looking to find outsourced help. That's fine. But this was such a Cowboys possible move to me that it almost kind of just killed that vibe for me because you're right. Bringing up the stats, he's a 6'3", 309 tackle. The weight is fine. The height is a little short for the tackle. So that's that's kind of on the smaller side. And I think that's kind of what the beef with Isaiah Wynn is, too, because Isaiah Wynn is 6'2 at most. But I digress with that. Um, he had Chuma has had 12 starts, 24 appearances. In that time, he's had three holding calls and six false starts. So nine penalties and 12 starts and 24 appearances. Um, I guess he graded out well from pro football focus this preseason. But again, we don't get hyped about that over here when our players are going against seconds and third guys. It's more so how do you do against the, you know, the live bullets, the the ones and stuff like that when it's scheming up and not doing vanilla. Um, ultimately, um, I get, I don't even know if you would have handled or really answered the swing tackle position. I think it just would have been another guy, but realistically, I mean, we can talk, talk hypothetical if you want, he signs who doesn't make the roster because of that. Like who, who isn't going to be here because 
well, let's go to slam dunk. Seems like balls a slam dunk. Like where, where are they trimming the fat to put him on the team? Well, I think, yeah, well, let's go and ball or slam dunks right now. And that's, I think, because we know that we only have four tackles on the roster. And now, now that Smith is injured, we really don't have a single competent tackle on the roster, at least a, sorry, a superstar tackle. We don't have any actual like talent you can hang your hat on at the tackle position. If we had signed them, I think they'd then make a decision between Ball and Willetsko because, or if they traded for him. But th- that's uh, once again, that's kind of assuming that they're trading for him with the all right, like the pre prior knowledge that he's better than Willetsko or Ball. So I don't, I, I assume they would have cut one of them. I just, I don't even know who that would be. It's crazy to me because, you know, I think we touched on a little bit uh, yesterday and I'm in. You know, I've been kind of vocal about it on Twitter. Well, let's go look really good in his limited reps. We talked about that. Um, but the thing is, he's unhealthy. You know, he's exactly, a, you know, he's in that shoulder sling that, you know, my brother went through the same thing. My brother had that shoulder surgery where the, the shoulder comes out of socket. Now there's nothing holding it in. The thing about it is that can't be that can't be fixed without being repaired through surgery. So that's something that he's going to have to go. And right now it's a pain tolerance thing, but that thing without the, it's literally keeping the shoulder in place, that sling that he's wearing. So it's, um, and it doesn't let you lift your arm up. So I say that all to say, you know, he may look good now and, you know, he may be able to kind of fight through it, but what's that shoulder feel like come October, November. Right. So the, the thing is, well, let's go. is not getting cut. I think they like enough of him that he's not going to get cut. But the thing is, Josh Ball is the healthier guy. He's definitely, in my opinion, not the better guy, but he's the healthier guy. So it's such a weird thing because you would hate to. Now, if Josh Ball is in the game, it's a scary proposition no matter what. Right. But if Josh Ball is available and Moletsko isn't available and then you cut ball before Moletsko and then Moletsko got to go on injury reserve because he's tapping out, you know, three, four weeks into the into the season. It's just a tough situation. I think the Cowboys the fact that they were, you know, giving us a little taste of a trade tells me that they understand that something needs to happen here. And even though this one didn't go through and we're not upset about it, they need to find a way to kind of put something together in the next couple of days here. Yeah. One, ironically enough, one, I think great prospect that the Cowboys could trade for is another New York Jets offensive tackle. And that's Mekhi Becton. Mm. And Here's my thing. I understand that a trade with the Jets is somewhat unlikely to happen given it's the Cowboys trading with them. But if they're willing to, this offense, this Jets offensive line is not good, as we all know. So if they're willing to deal a tackle, that at least maybe they were in trade talk. We don't really know what actually happened behind the scenes, but it seems like there was at least some type of conversation between the Cowboys and the Jets today. If that's the case and the Jets are once again just going, leaning into the rebuild, hoping that I don't know, maybe another top 10 draft pick will finally get this team in order and they're willing to deal Becton, I, Becton would be a great, an amazing trade target outside the realm of possibility. But because I saw that the notification pop up on my phone that Jets are interested in or Cowboys are interested in Jets tackle. I started getting my hopes up from there. <laughs> well, here's my thing, right? So not to kind of shoot down your dream, but, or that idea is, I feel like if Becton was the answer, I think that would have been the conversation. I think if yeah. the Cowboys mentioned it, it might've got shut down quickly or whatever the case may be. I, it, you know, I, I think Becton actually, I think he might even be hurt right now. 
Is so, he actually? I think he is hurt. So I think he's not playing for anybody this year. But um, but either way, I think that's kind of what stops here. He's out for the season with a knee injury. Yeah. So okay, can, yeah, never mind. Like, that's why he wasn't brought up. But still, yeah. And that's kind of my thing. My situation there is if he was healthy, even though he has some issues, the Cowboys could have probably got him for something reasonable in that situation. But, you know, that's where the Cowboys is still operating in the sense that everything has to be a bargain. They have to win the champ. They have to win the, the trade. And, you know, ultimately let's just go and win football games. I don't care about the yeah. offseason awards, you know? So I think I want to see them be a little more pro, you know, proactive, a little more aggressive in, in this trade, because I think if they bring somebody in, I think we'd feel a little bit better about the situation moving forward. Yeah. I mean, that's the whole, like with, when you're trading, you you don't get robbed if you end up winning a Super Bowl. I don't think anybody will ever claim in the history of the NFL that, the Lions robbed the Rams when they traded for Matthew Stafford. No, Matthew Stafford went on and won a Super Bowl. The right. Rams won the trade, and that doesn't mean the Lions lost the trade, but I'd be willing to give up my the next 15 first-round picks if it guaranteed a Super Bowl this year. So I'm in your boat where I – who cares about winning the trade? Let's find a competent offensive tackle for the season to start. I agree, and, you know, it's – it's very rarely that everybody wants somebody or thinks somebody is a good fit and it actually works out. But that Isaiah win, I think thing would just make too much sense right now. You're going to get people that have the problem with, you know, Isaiah win making $10.4 million this year and saying, well, you had that in Lyle Collins, but, the, but what people need to wrap their head around was it wasn't Lyle Collins's play. It wasn't Lyle Collins's fit. It was Lyle Collins's personal transgressions with the front office that kind of ran its course in that situation. So if you think Isaiah Wynn can help you and he makes comparable money to Lyle Collins, the, 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 the comparison doesn't make sense. It, the comparison, if Lyle Collins would be here if they were able to mend whatever that issue was. I can't speak to it, but we got to get over that. He's not here, right? So now you can't be afraid to sc- scared money. Don't make no money, Aiden. That's what I've always lived. So, you know, <laughs> if you're afraid to spend money, just that is nonsense. If you're not trying to improve your team. So if Isaiah Wynn can be had for Tristan Hill in a pick, like we said, if that can happen, I- I'm all for that. But I kind of say that the segue, we saw a trade that almost happened. Maybe it wasn't as close as they reported. Is there a trade in mind, a position, a player, uh, something you're willing to give comp wise that you're thinking this team could really do now? Yeah. I mean, you mentioned the Isaiah Wynn trade once again, it just makes a lot of sense for the Cowboys. Another name that I think could make sense. And I don't know how serious the Texans would be about it and how much they are pushing their chips in on this year. I can't imagine a whole lot. It would be Laramie Tunsil. I think mm. Laramie Tunsil is another name that I he'd come in. He'd start even when slash if Tyron Smith comes back, he, I, he'd still be a starting tackle on this team. And so I'd be willing to give up a pretty hefty chunk for Laramie Tunsil. If it meant finally security at the tackle position, at least on one side of the line, I'd, I'd be willing to give up a lot for um, Laramie Tunsil. And I might be stealing your thunder. Another name that I'd similarly give up a somewhat decent amount for would be Dolphins uh, tackle Greg Little. Okay, yeah. And they were mentioning um, Walker Little the other day as somebody that could possibly uh, be somebody that can get picked up. And that's one of your Texas guys, isn't it? So isn't Walker, Walker Little? No, what's his name? Walker Little, right? I know I'm not. I think I'm not crazy. The Jaguars. Let me see. Am I, I am I crazy? Am I a bad fan? Walker no. Little. Okay, yeah, Walker he, went Little. St- he went to Stanford though. Okay, not so. All right. So I I it was a t- there had to have been a little 
either way grew up grew up in bel air texas okay so, so maybe that's where yeah. the te- texas connection was yeah. but but they were talking about him as somebody that jacksonville i think it was more so seeing if the cowboys would be interested i don't know if the jaguars would have made that move but you actually didn't steal my thunder for a guy i thought you were going to because it's kind of been thrown around and it's a fan favorite denzel mims no, denzel- i'd I be in on denzel mims he's from that i'll i'll let you Give your argument for Denzel Mims. Yeah, I think, I mean, ultimately, I don't care what anybody says about him, right? You've got to think about this team, right? If the Jets think he's no good, not a good fit, and the fans think that, like, oh, you know, he wasn't good enough for the Jets. Newsflash, our offensive weapons are, are, are not what we're used to. You know what I mean? <laughs> so, like, Denzel, Denzel Mims, excuse me, could come in here and, and help this team, right? And if you can get him for a late-round pick, he requested the trade. So Denzel Mims wants out. Now, like everybody that wants out gets connected to the Cowboys. We don't know if that's real or not, but I think it's another one of those fits that makes sense. Um, you had a thought on it, so um, that's kind of where I'm going to wrap it up. I think Denzel Mims just makes sense. He's a, he's a guy that can make plays. He wants a fresh start. He wants out of New York, and I think Dallas would be a good fit for him. Yeah, I think two reasons that I'm actually in on trading for Denzel Mims. Number one is what? Like, look at his history. He's a high draft capital guy. He was drafted to be great, but he's never had a quarterback around him who can get him the ball. I, what, who's the best quarterback who's ever thrown Denzel Mims a pass? Would it that be Joe Flacco? Possibly. Maybe Sam. When Sam Darnold's in the competition for best quarterback you've caught a pass from, you're like, <laughs> clearly he has not had the quarterback talent of people who can get him the ball. Now, that doesn't mean that just because he's high draft capital and he didn't have a quarterback that he's going to be great. James but Washington. the number. I was actually, yeah, I was gonna bring up James Washington's name, but the number two reason I'm actually interested in Mims is I've heard he's so far the news coming out of uh, Jets camp is that he's had a pretty solid training camp in preseason from what I've heard. Maybe that's just news to make the Jets front office lives easier when they're trading him away. But if we're taking these reports at face value, he's actually done pretty well so far. Yeah, and he, I guess he capped off the, the preseason with a pretty good showing in the third game. I think the, when I was looking at it, he, he ended up having like, I think when I last checked, he had like seven receptions, 91 yards, and a touchdown in the, in the third preseason game. And I think he ended up like tapping his watch. People were talking about it like it's time. I don't know if it's time to like give him more or like get him out of there. I don't know what he was alluding <laughs> to at time, but, you know, he played well enough that you know, maybe it's time for me to get up out of here. My, my time has run out. So I think Denzel Mim makes, makes a lot of sense for this team. Um, but, you know, again, we'll have to wait and see. And there's a lot more cuts to be made um, before we kind of wrap it up here and kind of toss it to, a you know, to the end. Uh, is there any surprise cut that you think is going to happen? I mean, maybe you didn't think about it yesterday or maybe you just hadn't thought, thought about. It. Is there one guy in your mind you're like, this guy might not be on the roster and everybody's not really thinking about it? Oh, that's tough. I mean, my name that like I don't think is going to make... You know what? I'm going to go reverse. I'm going to give a player that I think a lot of people are saying isn't going to make the roster that I think will, and that's Nashawn Wright. I know mm. we talked about this yesterday. I think Nashawn Wright's going to end up making the roster. I agree. And I think, I, I think the reason that they're going to keep him is due to his third-round draft value and the fact that Jaron Steven from what we've seen, don't really like to be wrong about these kind of things. Right. I just don't like keeping a player just because of their draft value. If 
you if the Cowboys, if the front or the coaching thinks that CJ Goodwin's going to be more valuable for them, but Jerry and Steven are in their ears saying, no, we have to keep him right because he's a third round pick. That would kind of annoy me, but I don't really think there's any player that I'm projecting to miss the roster that we wouldn't be that we would be surprised about. Yeah, that's fair. Um, I know Danny's been pretty vocal about some of these like fringe guys, Danny Phantom, another BTB here, but um, it's, you know, I kind of stumped myself. I can't really think of a, of a guy that we haven't really kind of talked at nauseum about. I think, you know, would you be surprised if a Terrell Basham doesn't make it or, or, you know, or somebody like, a, I know you're early on saying Dante Fowler was not a guarantee to make <laughs> this roster. Has that changed in your mind? Yeah, that was my bold prediction when we signed Fowler. It seems like every offseason we sign a high-named free agent that just never pans that doesn't pan out and they end up missing the roster entirely. But that said, I think Fowler's shown enough in the preseason. He looked especially that first game was really solid until he got benched for penalties. So I think Fowler's pretty safe. I think a name that actually, I mean. What would we be surprised? We've talked about it before, but we, we, how surprised would it be if Cooper Rush didn't make the roster and Wilger is actually QB2? I think that'd actually be a surprise. I think it'd be a little bit of surprise. It's not like, once again, it's not something I'm projecting. It's just yeah. personal opinion. I want Greer on the roster, but mm-hmm. I, I think, I, I think most people want Will Greer. Yeah, yeah. I think, I think most people want Will Greer. I think that we'd be surprised if the Cowboys were bold enough to make that move. Yeah. Uh, I, he's just safe. You know, I think he's the safe option. He he's one year game in a hostile environment. I think they put stock in that. Uh, I think Will Greer, if, if it's, if everything's the ones, I think he could function a little bit more in this offense. I think he can get a little more firepower, but again, we don't know, you know, we haven't seen it. So I'd be inter- interested to see how that shakes out. But ultimately, I mean, it's crazy. Some of the battles we, we talked about, like Brett Maher seems safe. You know, it's funny. Like yeah. what, this guy came He's in half- because he has no competition nope, right now, no competition, <laughs> but I mean, has he missed the kick since he got here? You know what I mean? So it's kind of like, and they put value. I know some people like roll their eyes at it, but he's booming these kicks out the back of the end zone. I mean, he's doing what they're asking of him. That's more than we can say about Gary. And he was doing it more consistent than Larum. So it's one of those things where like, all right, Mar, like it, it's your job until it's not right. I mean, if it's, if he goes out week two and costs us a game, we're talking a different tune. Are you not docking him for that 61 yard field goal? He missed I on can't, Friday. You know what? You know, if we're going to be pessimistic about it, he's made those before. And that wasn't a <laughs> yeah. competitive looking kick, though. He's made a 62 yarder, you know, it, so that one wasn't a competitive 61. He didn't even give it a shot. You know what? If he can just make everything inside of 50 yards this year, I will be completely content with 60 and 50 yard misses. If he, if he does the exact opposite of what we saw him do him do last time in Dallas, where he was drilling the long ones and missing the short ones. I'd be if he could do the opposite of that, I'd be happy. I totally agree. That's what I'm saying. We don't we don't need the the big boomers. It'd be nice, you know, to close out a half or whatever the case may be in a pressure situation to be able to hit those. But you're right. If he can be money, if he could be in the 90 percent from 50 and in, I think the Cowboys would be totally happy with that. And, you know, it remains to be seen if exactly that can happen. But. You know, we'll end it there on a high note. <laughs> we'll end it on kicker talk. That's how we're going to end it here. But so a special bonus episode of the First to Ten podcast brought to you by Blog and the Boys, powered by SB Nation. I am Tony Catalina, my colleague Aiden Davis. This is another episode of the First to Ten podcast. 
And uh, the next time, because I said the next time we talked to you, it'd be game week. I didn't lie. Lying. I lied. I lied. (laughs) Yep. So who knows? We might catch you tomorrow. Again, you know, we'll probably catch you (laughs) Monday, guys. Everybody have a good one. Peace.